Welcome to the Consummate Athlete Podcast, where we explore what it means to be a well-rounded, happy, goal-crushing athlete. Every week, myself, sports journalist Molly Herford, and cycling coach and kinesiologist Peter Glassford interview experts and chat through all of your training questions. We're excited to have you along for the ride. Hello, hello. Welcome back to the Consummate Athlete Podcast. I'd ask Peter how's it going, but he's uh, he's busy checking his, his notes for the show. Peter, how's it going? It's going well. We're down in Ocala, Florida. Uh, and we're having a great time. It's uh, got some great mountain bike trails here, surprising amount. Uh, and actually just the infrastructure, there's several different areas where families can congregate and you know ride little pump tracks and jumps. And yeah, yeah. really, really great. I almost feel like the city should be sponsoring this episode. Well, yeah, not. this is not one of those like they paid us to come here or anything. We were really just looking for warmth and, and you know close-ish to, uh, I guess, New Jersey, but also to, to Ontario. Uh, yeah. And this really fit the bill. Yeah, I pretty much like started just Googling different cities uh going south and south and south trying to figure out where it was going to be warm enough to sleep at night not just warm enough during the day i mean i think even right now i've seen a lot of people in north carolina who are riding in shorts and and jerseys or regular short sleeve jerseys rather um but at night it dips down and we're in our van so we wanted to find somewhere where it'd be warm enough to sleep comfortably so. For sure. And being outside all day, uh, for sure. Yeah, so. exactly. The cold fingers when you're trying to type and do like a full day of work, not pleasant. So anyway, here we are in Florida. It's been awesome. Uh, this is our first sort of bigger van van life, quote unquote, trip. I always hesitate to say van life because we're definitely not like full on van life, but van life light, we'll say. Uh, and we've we've added a few... Uh, things in the van. I think Peter is getting more and more annoyed with me because I keep bringing stuff in. But you know what's been an amazing addition? The dogger. So if you've seen on my Instagram or on the Consummate Athlete stories, I did just get a uh, dog jogging stroller so that I can take DW with me on some of my runs. Uh, So I mean, it was funny in New Jersey showing it. It just kind of seems a little silly. But down here when it's hot out, we can't really leave him in the van during the day. So this was a really good compromise to be able to both be training at the same time. And, you know, frankly, there are no hills down here. So I'm adding a little bit of resistance, uh, a little bit of extra work for myself. And holy crap, shout out to all the moms who run with baby joggers because this is uh, difficult. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's definitely a, a different load, a different... Uh, and you spoke to Chris McDougall when he was on as well a little bit about that. Actually, yeah, I was I was going to say, I have to send Chris a message because I feel like I'm best of both worlds because he has a chapter in his new book, Born to Run 2, where he talks about uh, both running with your dog, where your dog is like running alongside of you, but then also running with a baby jogger with your baby and how it's like this nice community and like spending time with like the people and and pets that you love and i'm like do i get double points for running with my dog in a stroller or like half the points it might be half the points well or yeah and dw is actually taken to running beside the stroller which defeats the purpose of the stroller but we're wondering you know i I think at the end of this maybe he'll you know like to run a little bit more Uh, he he likes to sprint but he's not much of a a distance runner which i don't know that he's really built for that not built for that uh, but, you know, he might get to the point here where he can do a mile or something like that. Yeah, I mean, he got half a mile the first day we had it, so mm-hmm. we're, we're getting there. So, yeah, it's it's been just kind of a fun change of pace. So that's been a great addition to the van, even if it does take up a bit of space. So that's the dogger. That is not a promo. That is just something yeah. Molly got, believe it or not. So there you go. <laughs> uh, yep. You had a couple other products that you've been enjoying. Did you want to talk about those? Yeah. Also, things that I bought as, you know, as I was just like thinking about what's been really nice around the 
van and I have to say the glare up clogs. So they're like a felted wool and they have rubber soles and they're fantastically comfy and cozy. So even when the temperature is a little bit cooler at night or, you know, you just kind of want your feet covered. I feel like the sandals when you're down in Florida, it's fantastic to be in sandals, but then your feet get all dusty and grimy and you feel kind of gross going to bed. So Glare-ups are my compromise for having my feet covered. Um, Yeah, so they've been just super, super comfy and cozy. And also, I admit, as a very anxious human, I got a bunch of air tags before we left and connected them to all of the things that I want to keep an eye on, DW included. He has one on his harness. It's a little large, but it works. <laughs> yeah, they're great little products. If you remember, what were those other products? Uh, like, this is an Apple product, but what were those other ones? Were the, the tile? Tile. And so, the nice thing about the Apple one is, it, as far as I understand it, if other people have apple products in the perimeter you know of this this air tag that dw is wearing uh or your computer's wearing or your car is wearing or your bike like i think it would be in a saddle bag could be great too yeah it might be sort of of a a lot of people are doing them hidden in their bikes even because it's sort of a cheap anti-theft right some of this like gps tracking like you can't have a a garmin that's always on in your bike right it would be really expensive to do something like that you know like i feel like that's what's in like an action movie right as you know you have this beeping sensor that's inside of a car yeah but it's probably powerful on the car so i think this is sort of a smart thing yeah so if you're looking to track your stuff uh (laughs) those air tags might be a a nice little addition and actually as we're getting into talking about racing and travel later uh, i've heard a lot of people are putting them in their bike bags like when they travel because it actually you can then see where your bike is which airport in the world yeah yeah Yeah. you're in australia and your other things and you know oh it never left toronto yeah so when they tell you oh yeah it's just uh we're gonna find it and you're like uh it's in singapore right now uh, well, or, or I saw, you know, during that holiday rush there, I mean, the airport one would be great because I, I don't know how it must be sensitive, you know, similar to like that three meters or whatever. But at least, if, you know, you're staring at never ending baggage in a, a overcrowded, uh, what do they call it? Like the baggage pickup zone. Uh, right. Maybe you, okay, yes, it's in this pile would be helpful information. And then roughly which, qu- you know, quadrant is it in? And even the, is, is it in the airport is very helpful. Mm-hmm, think, cause cause why then, would you go searching, staring at, you know, like imagine the time you could save if you just like, yeah, my bag hasn't come out yet. It's on the plane still or whatever. Yeah. Like, you know, it's back there. Yeah. I think it's easier to kind of contend with, uh, you know, grumpy baggage handlers and fair enough, they have a terrible job, but uh, yeah, I think it's, it's just very helpful to be like, yeah, I can see it's right here uh, when it comes to The only message I don't like with them is I, like I wrote away yesterday and it said something about like Molly's backpack is not moving. And I was like, what? (laughs) Why not? (laughs) That's right. I tethered myself to Peter's phone. Right. Right. Your backpack, not you. And I was like, okay, well, I mean, her backpack doesn't usually move on its own. So maybe that's okay. I'd be more worried if it was moving. In any case, talking about moving, do you want to get into this week's episode? Well, first we have to talk about the other excellent travel thing we have going on, and that is Athletic Greens. Oh, of course. Like, oh my gosh, I cannot stress enough how much having Athletic Greens on the road makes me feel so much, so much better. And you know what? The one thing, especially when you start traveling, if anyone's ever had, you know, you have your sugar powder for your rides and then you're, you know, you're, what, maybe you're taking a supplement and you're taking, you know, probiotics, you're taking whatever. And suddenly you have, you know, a whole medicine cabinet that you're traveling with. So it is one thing we like is, you know, you're minimizing the number of products, number one. So, you know, this saves money. It saves, you know, maybe exposure to things you don't want to be consuming, especially some of those products aren't, you know, third-party tested. NSF certified for sport. sport. We learned that last time from Molly. Uh, Thank you for that. And, And yeah, so just having like the one bag or the travel packs, which, you know, if you use our link, which is... 
athleticgreens.com backslash molly h you get uh, a year's supply of vitamin d and five travel packs to try as well and those travel packs are single serve so it is it, molly always says you could throw it in your your computer bag you maybe have five spare ones in there and you're you know away for the weekend you know you sort of have that uh that coverage you know if you will uh while you're gone yeah i feel like it's just it's so nice like you know we're on our drives to places especially you're sleeping in rest areas or walmart parking lots if you're doing the van thing or even if you're just like stopped over in a hotel i mean you know what hotel breakfasts look like the pastry that's in a plastic thing or you know the the desiccated apple and crappy packet of oatmeal or whatever to be able to just add that and just feel like okay Mm -hmm. i've done something good for myself today is really nice and it's not just greens right no it is 73 different probiotics prebiotics superfoods adaptogens and all of the vitamins and minerals you need so it's basically just a super vitamin Uh, so if you're you know usually taking a multivitamin picture that but on uh legal steroids if you will <laughs> that's right and of course you know we mentioned the nsf rating but it's also you know keto vegan vegetarian paleo uh, all all of them yeah pretty much uh yeah can't really go wrong and i think it tastes really really good personally. it does yeah compared to any of the greens powders i've ever tasted you know this is i would say enjoyable even to consume and on the um, note of like the the travel thing you know sometimes you're in the hotel and the water just kind of tastes a little like ugh. yeah which i don't know maybe you ignore that maybe you don't but <laughs> at least in the morning when you are drinking your athletic greens it kind of blunts the taste of like bad tap water Okay, so that's Athletic Greens. And again, that link? Athleticgreens.com backslash Molly H. Okay. So, I mean, we're talking about traveling uh, with that ad. And, you know, that's really part of what we're talking about today is is choosing races. It's a very common question we've been getting, you know, explicitly in emails. I will get just, you know, how do I choose what to do this year? Or what races should I do this year? Or have you seen any races I should do this year? Uh, Which is a difficult question to answer for someone else. You know, I can certainly help when I know the, you know, the person, their strengths, you know, some of their reservations, uh, you know, the equipment they have. Uh, But we thought we'd run through sort of some questions you can ask yourself. This is going to border on our end of season review uh, podcast and posts of of old. Uh, But But I I think think this is a a forward looking episode and hopefully will be of use to you as you as you are looking at these big calendars this year. Yeah. And I mean, I think we have talked about goal setting and stuff on the podcast in the past month or so, but we haven't really gotten specific about choosing your actual race schedule like what's the actual things you're doing this year so i do think it is it is worth talking about and talking through and you know we'll be a little more practical in this kind of q a so where do you want to start well we have a list uh i'm trying to do a list so a lot of times what happens you know you're your biggest critic uh and and so I, i always finish the podcast and then molly knows for about the week after i'm like you know we didn't talk about this thing yeah, remember that uh, remember that review that said like, oh, it's really nice hearing a couple who knows how to like fight politely. Right. It gets. Uh, yeah. And Molly says she's not editing anything else in. And I'm like, can we just add like a little no. bit? So I mean, the if you ever no. feel like I forgot something, I probably did. So it's okay to ask a follow up, and we can always do part twos or just a Q and A that's more specific. You know, that maybe we've left out uh, on a topic. So today, when we're talking about choosing races, when we forget something, feel free to ask a follow up. Uh, but where do we start? Uh, you know, we're looking at a whole calendar. So let's let's imagine you're looking at, you know, we have our Ontario Cycling calendar. You could be looking at, you know, ultraraces.com, I think is a website, or bikepacking.ca. Where else do we look for races? You know, Bike Reg, we have friends at Bike Reg. Uh, any of these lists, you know, so where to look for races might even be a nice thing. Is there any other places? Like, where do you look for like an ultra run? Uh, 
ultra ultra sign up.com is one of the big ones athlete reg is another one mm-hmm. but also asking friends what they're doing and what they've done i think is a really mm-hmm. underutilized thing and we'll probably we'll maybe have touched on it later but i do think when you're trying to look at the calendar ahead and even like narrow your list of potential races like oh my gosh the like whatsapp and like iMessages i'm going through with my running friends right now everyone's just like what are you doing this year what are you doing this year mm-hmm. what are you doing this year mm-hmm. and part of that is because We're looking for intel. We want to know what races are good or races are going to have a lot of people at them. But we're also looking for, you know, who potentially could we travel with to these races. So if you're someone who uh, has, if this feels familiar, you've signed up for all of your races for the season. And then you realize in March that you have friends that are doing XYZ race and XYZ race and XYZ race. And you sign up for those as well. This is a sign that you should talk to your friends before you sign up for races. Right. So there's sort of those two, you know, and there's probably a couple other ways that, you know, how do we generate a list of potential races? So there's the fire hose of just try and fill the, you know, figure out every single race in the world you could do, uh, which maybe is going to be overwhelming. So we could narrow that down by doing, you know, the discipline you're, you're supposed to be doing, quote unquote, supposed to be doing or disciplines. Uh, and we'll we'll have a couple more questions coming for that. And then you're proposing actually, rather than looking at every race, maybe you use your friends, which you know are are similars to you probably in a lot of ways. You know, they're Molly's friends she's talking about on WhatsApp are are runners of similar capacities, and they're looking at these races, which often are in a certain geographical area, and or that they're willing to have a travel companion to. Uh, and I would say that travel companion is actually for a lot of people I work with, that's where any of the, what did you not enjoy? It's often not the race itself. I think bike racing makes no sense at any point or run racing. It's all sort of dumb and costs a lot of money. And, you know, you're just like really punching yourself in the face a bunch of times. And we're happy you listen to our show. Um, but you know, a lot of what makes it good is, is the friends. And, and, you know, if you travel with friends, often it makes it, it better and more enjoyable. And you have support, right? Let's be honest. A lot of these things require someone to hand you a water bottle or, uh, you know, have a spare gear or, or you know, put your, <laughs> I'm trying to think of what you, what would, would you guys help each other with? Pop your blisters, you know, these disgusting things your friends do for you. Shout out to my friends. Right. <laughs> so we're generating lists. So friends, you're just looking at you know your standard websites for the things you're trying to do. And uh, then the other list you need to generate is your life. And actually, part of this podcast came up because we just got a wedding invitation woo, mm-hmm. uh, for something this summer. And I had to kind of check our calendar. And thankfully, it was falling on like one, like one day before we're leaving for another thing. But... You know, there there are a lot of those that you do need to mark off, and hopefully by now you have a relatively clear picture of big stuff that's going to happen during the summer. But you can also look back and like realize, like, okay, work tends to have a conference mid August. Okay, so I probably shouldn't be racing mid August. Right, um, and, and and as you say, this is sort of populating events and things as well. So you know, I have a few clients that are great. They make up these spreadsheets where it's sort of like the weekends, you know, or the Monday down the the vertical, you know, down you know going vertical and then across the top we have uh you know the the disciplines maybe so you might have gravel mountain bike road or or something to this effect but i've never seen it with the family and the work columns going down so every week what's happening in your life and and i could really see a beautiful color-coded little calendar there for the year or the two years if you like where you say you know uh, my son's birthday, you know, we're going to Florida, we're going to work conference, we're going to, you know, whatever, Christmas, New Year's, uh, all these things. And then now all of a sudden you have like, you could make those red maybe, you know, if we're, if we're taking this from a training racing 
look. Then I would say, you know, our, our teachers, our accountants, they have these stereotypical super busy times. Red, red. Just do not, like, you're not even stressed about training. Like I would say, you're doing what you can. Right. Finals, back to school, tax time. Maybe you had a yellow period. Like maybe the birthday week is a yellow Maybe you don't have to stop everything, but you maybe want to honor that responsibility and that time. You know, there would be a time when you can't, you know, your, your kid doesn't want you know to even spend their birthday with you. Uh, so enjoy that. So that then leaves you with a reduced set of races you can do. Uh, and then I think you start filing by some of these other questions. Uh, does that make sense then? So we sort of have, mm. how are we, where, what races can we do? For what are friends doing? What are the available weekends? We've sorted the, the calendar availability. Anything else on availability that we're missing? Not availability. And this is maybe going, I might be stepping ahead of you on the two-year plan, the qualifiers. Uh, well, that's, I, I guess we know what, what we can do. So, you know, the, there's the availability. Cause if you're not available, you're not available. It's Christmas. Like you can't leave your family. And in, in most cases, some people can go, you know, to Christmas cross, but they're usually, you know, 16 to 22 and they're, they're making a go of it. The rest of us, you know, have commitments, uh, which are great, right? Those are, we want, don't want to make those negatives. Those are positives. Those are things we're trying to aspire to do great stuff with. Um, so we have that. And then what was equipment? The other thing I, I try and when people say, what races should I do? I'm like, well, are, do you plan on buying another $10,000 bike? In some cases, yes you know, to do this thing, but a lot of times, no. So for you, it's like, well, are, are you really going to do a road marathon? So no. God, no. No. Absolutely Kick not. Kick that out, right? Are you going to do a five or 10K trail race? Maybe, but maybe not. Yeah, definitely not as like an A race or like a race mm -hmm. I put on the calendar. Mm -hmm. That'd be like a local. But these like... are questions to ask, right? Because I do get clients who are like looking, like they'll make that mountain bike home. And I'm like, you don't own a mountain bike. I don't think you can mountain bike at this point we, we all have unlimited potential you could but this is a big close you know if you want to race mountain bikes you probably need to focus on it for a few years to get you know the skill and the you know the bike and the equipment uh so that's sort of going to close it off uh but the equipment and the can you do it i think are big filters is, is that where you were going with the I, I feel like i've now diverted you a little bit that and uh so you know, for me this year, if the two-year goal is to race the Leadville Trail 100, mm -hmm. there, mm -hmm. I mean, there's a lottery option, but there's also qualifiers for it. So that's why this year I'm racing the Leadville Trail Marathon to see how that goes and so, to qualify for it. So it, and I will say the reason I'm doing the Leadville Trail Marathon isn't just to hopefully qualify for Leadville, like that's the goal, but it's also to see what racing at Leadville is like. At uh, altitude. To see, if, to see yep. if this is a goal worth pursuing for me, which, you know, maybe it isn't. Right, right. And, and so what I see in our, if we're thinking about this this spreadsheet, and hopefully everyone else can visualize the spreadsheet, maybe we, I'll, I'll put in the show notes, hold me to this, Molly, uh, that I'll, I'll make like a little template of this so that if you don't understand what I'm saying, but we have sort of a, a spreadsheet, imagine what a spreadsheet looks like. We have the life things going down one vertical column and then the next one beside it is like work events uh and then we have the discipline the gravel ones and maybe cyclocross is at the bottom or something for you and um, if you want to invoice anyone for it you can add the payable add-on yes i guess yeah you could use payable <laughs> for that for sure at payableapps.com uh seriously though head to consummateathlete.com for the show notes and we will try to put a link to a sheet that you can copy in there yeah that's easy um where was I going with that? So then you said, okay, I'm going to Leadville and that's when? In June, right? Yes. So then what I see is, and this is where we start seeing that there isn't really as much time to our goal, a great post we can remember to link. And so I would say those eight weeks before that, because this is like one of your focus races, is that true? 
It's literally my only race this So season. that's like this season, that's the seasonal goal. Uh, so I would say the eight weeks before that, we want to do a check. Are you going to Disneyland in the two weeks, you know, uh, you know, in that last month? Is there a Disneyland trip where you can't ride or uh, run? You can't run. You know, maybe Disneyland you can run. I don't know. But like if you're supposed to be taking someone around Disneyland, you need to be careful. There's a lot of travel. This is like our big thing. We have the post. Can you prepare for the goal that you've set? This is, you know, it seems like, no, of course someone wouldn't do that every time, <laughs> right? <laughs> At least once a year. So you just need to be careful because there are other qualifiers. There could be another time you go to Disneyland. Maybe you fly from Leadville to Disneyland and do the vacation after the race when you're supposed to be recovering. Now, we can't always do this. I understand this is life. But our ideal, we're trying to plan here for success. You train so hard. You dedicate so much time in your basement training away. So we're trying to set up ourselves for success. So if we can control our future a little bit <laughs> with the scheduling, why not, right? Because this is percents that you're gaining by con training consistently in at least those eight weeks before. I would say then you can also say, when do I need to be putting in my mileage? And now we're getting into, you know, the winter essentially, right? Because this is, you said June, so back into May, back into April, so then we're like, okay, you want to have like a pretty good base of fitness for the, you know, three to four months before that. And that's, you know, April's the fourth month. So that's January to February, right? And that's sort of seven months leading into that. Pretty much ready to just put down the microphone and be like, all right, uh, I'll see you later. I got to get in some <laughs> miles here. <laughs> um, so that's that. So th I love that, that that then this probably sets up. So what else are you not doing in those seven months? You probably need to be careful that you're not running a hundred miler or riding a hundred miler or doing... Who, what else you, you know, I, I joke about the Disneyland trip or whatever, but a lot of times this sets the race schedule because you, you just can't do it. We had Linda Wallen, uh, said just on our small episode, and we're going to have that full episode, I think as well. Um, but we have another post that we quote her and one of her posts, and that is, uh, how long does it take to recover from big things? I think is what that is. Again, we'll, we'll try and I'm making notes here as Molly speaks, um, about what we need to put in the show notes, but that's, that's the heart of this is that if you do a hundred miler every week this isn't your best. Like if, if, you're, if your goal is to be the best racer you can at marathons or ultras or whatever it is, we just need to be careful that we're, we're setting the schedule as best we can because we know there'll be diversions. But, you know, we can set ourselves up for success by talking to our family and making that schedule. Yeah, no, absolutely. I think that's, that's like the, the bulk of the, the race kind of question although i will also add like we are you know end of january a lot of races are filling up already so there's also the registration piece and uh, at some point some of the races you want are going to be off the table simply because the registration is now full so uh this is maybe your like call to action like mm -hmm. probably after you listen to this episode uh it's time to look at the calendar get that list going well and, and uh, you can see that if we were thinking about this as filters you know on any of these websites you're looking for something i'm looking for a charger on uh, uh an electronics store website right now and so you want to filter this by you know this brand of laptop this available now so by races you could do the same i don't do road so trail and then duration, you know, distance. And then, okay, well, there's only three. And then, okay, this one's over Christmas break. I don't do Christmas races. Uh, this one's during my, my key, you know, month of training ahead of the trail marathon. I don't do that one. Okay, good. There's another one. So you said June. So maybe this one's in September. Uh, so this would be like last year you raced in September. So that could be a race like that, a September ultra. That's, you know, and that's going to give you a nice July, August recovery build. And then another race off of that. That could be a great great season 
And, and I think, you know, a lot of this, then we've, we've answered it and we can sort of sprinkle some of these C races or, or practice races, or uh, I, I don't like the word training races, but, you know, not our A race, right? Not the one that you're basing your whole year around here. And I think the last note with the the calendar isn't just thinking about the race and the physical stuff. I think there's all, I mean, the physical stuff for sure. Like if you are trying to do a big build beforehand, absolutely important. But I think the mental thing too, and I mean, we've talked about like, I think that's why my race in September last year sucked. I mean, there were some physical factors as well, but I think mentally speaking, I just had taken like just there was too much going on to really hit that race as an A race. So I think being very like self-aware of like, okay, maybe, maybe this, like maybe in the season, I only have the mental capacity for one big race and Mm -hmm. the rest can be fun and with friends and taking them very chill. And that's great. For sure. And you still need to be like, I think the thing is you still do need to be fit for that. Right. Like, so for example, Quebec single track, uh, we know a lot of people who are going to go and are doing it more as like a, a fun tour. Like they're going to maybe push themselves, but it's they're not going to like try to win it. But the thing is, it's going to be five days of pretty tough riding. It's not going to be like a walk in the park, even if they're doing it chill. For sure. And that's tough to maybe wrap he- heads around sometimes is, you know, what what is an A race? What is a B race? And so the to me, it's the A race we're talking about it now and then like everything revolves around it. Um, every other race I would enter, I, you know, usually I'm not trying to win everything, I guess, but, you know, certainly place the highest I can in the event. And, and some people they're thinking, you know, how fast can I do it? Some other people are thinking, I want the, to get through this feeling competent or, you know, not just like dragging and fading and not having the fitness to do it. There's definitely a difference between finishing strongly and just nursing at home for the last 50 miles of a hundred. Um, you know, if, if I tried to do a hundred mile race right now, that's, you know, what it would be. I always joke about my 90 minute fitness, uh, you know, is because I'm not fit for that task. So, for you then yeah it might be you race in that june and then yeah now you're looking at gaining more experience getting towards that hundred miler and for that discipline you know now you can start thinking of these b races as stepping stones where maybe it is some of the big adventures you know you got you have done 100k on our, our bruce trail uh which is probably good preparation you, you're really doing a lot of the stuff you'd be doing in a hundred miler you know from our doorstep almost uh yeah. but again requires a bit of respect and you know you wouldn't train as much that week uh which is really that b race is it's not the your whole life is revolving around it but that week you maybe take a bit of a, a deload week ahead of the event um and that's really A versus B. A typically has a longer run into it, a longer focus. You're you're watching all the YouTube videos. You're, you know, again, talking to your family and, you know, all this stuff versus sure. the B is more of like, I have a race on the weekend. I'm going to go and do the best I can. Yeah. And uh, the last thing I'll say about like calendaring, I guess, here is if you have a, we have a lot of people who listen to this who have active partners as well. So this is a discussion between the two of you. And I think the the big thing I'll urge here is just not overloading your schedule so much between the two of you mm-hmm. that it's uncomfortable. And I, I don't just mean like not racing. You may decide you're going to race some of the same races and that's great. Um, but I think very quickly with two people who are active in a family, you can have your schedule just get completely like torched where, I mean, even with my one race, we're completely busy June, July, like it's every weekend basically has an event which means by august we're both going to be so ready to not have stuff on weekends Mm -hmm. that sure my schedule's open in august and it would be tempting to add a race 
in August or early September, but I'm very aware that we're going to be very tired from traveling to racing because we're both racing. So I want to make sure that I respect that and uh, leave that space. And I think that's space to train and, and have a routine. Um, again, when we're thinking about doing well, uh, you know, I like when clients maybe have like a race uh, a month even. And sometimes they're clustered a little bit. Some of the series will do, you know, two or three in a month. And then you maybe get a month or two off. A lot of them now seem to be doing spring is intense, like May's always busy. And then because uh, families often are on vacation, they, they, they'll see fewer through the summer and sometimes it's temperature related they just don't want people to be out in extreme heat and and what have you so good news in may in ontario you might just get snow the whole time but i think again this is where that initial calendar with the family and discussing things is you know my big races are in july there's sort of a a heavy two weeks there with the stage race and then uh nationals and we're going to put that into one big trip uh, of a couple weeks uh but that means i'm not going to race at the end of july because the travel for that is going to be, you know, pretty hectic. And while I do have the dogger, my (laughs) running might be a little uh, different because, you know, I'm supporting you in those races, which I'm more than happy to do, but like, it's not going to be the perfect build to something in late July, early August for me, even if my calendar looks clear. Could be difficult. Yeah. And I think thinking about your, that's where I was going with your race last year where it got really hectic. Like we couldn't really control a lot of stuff. We we were selling uh, our condo, uh, we were, your, your citizenship came through. Like a lot of these things just. Literally on the way to that race, my citizenship interview Everything had happened to happen. basically driving in our van. I guess that's van life, right? But, you know, we left our condo and, you know, suddenly we're on the phone with the real estate agent and, oh, we have to leave a day early because your citizenship meeting to like get sworn in was happening. Uh, and there just was so much like your work was really busy. And so I think remembering, and this is one of our questions was, you know, if the race was tomorrow, would you be psyched about traveling to it and, you know, doing the thing and getting all the gear? And it's a very difficult, I really struggle with, you know, commitments and, and doing, you know, too many camps or too many in-person things because it, I love it. You know, we all love racing, but then it's, it's just thinking through all that stuff and what has to happen and not overdoing it, knowing that like, it's not going to be this perfect week probably leading into it. Um, so I don't, I don't know what you would have done differently. I think that was just, you know, that's what happens in life. And yeah, that was life. And any other, you know, uh, if it happened exactly the same this year, it might, you might've toughed it out and it might've gone fine. It might've just coincided with a day you were just low for some reason, you know, performance wise. Right. Yeah, exactly. Although I will say controlling the controllables is something we continually are refining, especially as we're doing more in the van. Like in that case, you know, we had just assumed that obviously in any town you could get decent pizza. And I'm pretty sure the pizza we did have ended up being part of why I had stomach issues on the run. So like I should have had a like alternative like dinner that we could actually make normally i would do like a like DiGiorno frozen pizza but mm-hmm. obviously we couldn't do that in the van so i need to rethink what is my previous dinner mm-hmm. uh so stuff like that uh you know just needs to get kind of refined a little bit or maybe it's the night before a major race we don't sleep in the van maybe that's we get a hotel for the night before there the is race. that yeah and i mean that's we learned that lesson in the van at the nationals. Uh, what was that? Like, I guess that was during the pandemic, but uh, when I crashed the worst I've crashed in years uh, and broke a bunch of ribs, 
uh, you know, how much of it was because we were, you know, not in a house and, and that sort of thing, right? So uh, just being careful with the travel. And I see this, you know, most people are not going to necessarily camp, some will, uh, but it, it might be just the travel schedule being super tight. And, and this is, I'm always, I always look at the travel dates and if it's, you know, you're flying in the night before and you're going to build your bike and then you're going to race, it just, there's a lot that can go wrong or at least just your, your mind's not going to be focused on it. Uh, yeah. So we just want to be careful. Yeah. And I mean, I think in those situations, if you actually cost out what one extra day in that place is going to be, it's usually like not that much, all things considered, right? Like one extra night in a hotel, the same hotel. Uh, and and it could be cost, be but I think this gets to that scheduling thing we started off with is I think it's a lot of times it's like, oh, I was at a conference for work and then I had to get home for the graduation and then right. I had to get to and then I have to get back because we're going to the, the cottage or something. And so it does beg the question of, is this the race? You know, is this the one? Is it one too many races in the calendar? Because you can always add them. Again, we can always add these B and C races that aren't such so encompassing in the the training uh which i think is where we should go next is you know can you do you want to prepare and can you prepare for the the goal yeah for sure uh and i think maybe just also pointing out like you know right now it's and beginning of february so we're you know a couple months out from the spring like now is the time like if you haven't put these races on the calendar like it is definitely time to get these. Like this is the week. If you ha- if you want to race an A race, then it's it's a few months out that that's put on the calendar. Otherwise, I'm going to call it maximum an A minus race. Especially with these bigger bucket list races, it really depends what you're you're planning. Some of the stuff might not be out, but most of the calendars are out. You know, by the new year, we're into the new year. Uh, so a lot of it is out. And so even if it, you're thinking September, October, you know, something like Big Sugar in October, big 100 mile gravel race, uh, great event. But, you know, between registration and just, again, getting ready and thinking, how am I going to be ready for Big Sugar, where it probably involves some of the spring classics gravel races and, you know, doing these big gravel rides in the months ahead. Uh, so you're ready for that environment. So you are, you know, an adapted animal for that 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 environment you're going into in October. Yeah, and I think to me, just to call something an A race does imply that you've signed up like several months in advance that it's been on your mind. I, I just if you signed up the month before, to me that's not an A race. To me, that's at best a B race. And I love the two years approach to that, where you know maybe you're going to qualify, get your spot for your your Leadville 100, but that's a 2024 if all goes well, correct? Yeah, exactly. And that's not even a deferment, right? That's just or is it? I guess you would have to defer to the following year because you're not going to do Leadville that year. I'm genuinely not positive. It's like pretty unclear on the site. Like whether you can qualify for the year. I think you can. I think because it's June and then that th- goes to August. I think that's the idea is you can get your, your ticket, so to speak, mm-hmm. uh, your reg that. But I believe they usually have a deferment for they one do, year. They do, yeah. They definitely have a deferment. Uh, which is a great option. Uh, and then even if you weren't, say you got into one of these big bucket list races, a lot of times it improves your start position, you know, assuming you know or at least guarantees you a start position based on your ability which is nice and that's why a lot of you know people will do it aside from just the it's probably a similar type event you know this is a gravel running race in the same environment the same course you know in a lot of ways i imagine uh so that's the other thing so a lot of clients will use you know one of the leadville qualifiers to qualify but then also do a mountain bike race preparing for something like leadville uh usually hilly so uh, from there then, some of the other questions we had, 
you know, if you're trying to just, you still, you know, okay, I don't, you know, friends haven't helped me out. I still, you know, I'm not sure. If we look at last year, if you can look at last year, you know, you might be a new racer or someone who's looking at doing events is, you know, what have you enjoyed? Uh, you know, this, this could be even someone who's moving from racing to more of like doing events, doing fondos, doing bike packing type events. You know, if you really love doing long rides and you've been doing short rides i have several clients like this where they now want to do more of these bike packing events uh, of different types uh so something like our friend uh matt katie is running a two-day uh it's on the no winter maintenance it's 250 or 60k uh, around the best gravel in the world in my opinion around mansfield uh, or i should say mulmer mulmer and mono in ontario just north of toronto uh, and it's, it's, there's a little camping in the middle. So you split it into two days and this is going to be their event they're preparing for, uh, right. And it, it's, it's no slouch. That terrain is, is it makes you fit that terrain. That's why I always talk about it. So, mm-hmm. uh, all that to say they're, they're stopping doing say cyclocross or stopping doing something that makes you, you know, you're on your limit with your eyes coming out of your, their sockets. Cause you're going so hard and they're going towards something that they, they might be better at. They might be more drawn to the training for it and and they're leaving that other stuff they're saying no to that other stuff that just didn't speak to them anymore and that's that's awesome and okay we're allowed to evolve uh as we do these things right everything has a shelf life for how long we're willing to do it so going to those what did i enjoy uh and or away from what did i not enjoy um mm-hmm. yeah yeah it does seem like a lot of people are trying new things this season which is pretty cool right like a lot or in the past couple of years i think the pandemic sort of pushed a lot of people you know their their normal race schedule got jacked for one two years so then by year three it was sort of like okay well, what do i actually want to try out and i think we've seen a lot of people trying out the mountain bike stage racing the bike packing all that kind of stuff i mean we've we've said it here already i'm just going to throw it out there we are going to be at the quebec single track experience and we actually do have a a promo code we are not sponsored by them but if you go to qs100 or if you go to the quebec single track and you register you can use qs100-pg and and i haven't counted but we are at or approaching at least 10 consummate athletes and this is clients these are podcast listeners these are you know friends thereof uh but you know i think we're going to have a great crew it's going to be a good time you know there's good people there going in any case uh, but I'm going to make t-shirts for everybody. We're going to have gonna our, be awesome. our own little sub crew, which I think is just going to be a great time. You know, we had a few clients go last year and it was just so cool to see them meeting each other for the first time. And, you know, all different types of athletes too is my favorite thing, right? It was just anyone, you know, they're at all different parts of the races and yeah, just seeing them connect was great. So we're hoping to build upon that this year. So certainly we'll put that link in the show notes. Um, where were you going with the stage race? Oh, just that like it's it's fine to try other things, right? Like if you're sort of looking at the say like mountain bike cross country calendar and you're just kind of feeling a little like meh about it, uh, you know, we talked about like the the races you can be prepared for and the stuff you have the gear for, but I think you can also think outside the box, right? Like you have a mountain bike, you're not stuck doing just cross-country single-day mountain bike races right you can try a mountain bike stage race Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Uh, you have a gravel bike okay you could do that bike packing trip because that is one where the the camp stuff is gonna get like placed i mean a lot of gravel bikes now you can attach bike packing gear to them sure yeah and and could be great training i could see someone doing uh in either way it could be before or after the race but you know something like this bike packing uh no winter maintenance i was talking about you know more low-key but that could be a two-day training block for someone. This is in June, so maybe you're getting ready for like a Big Sugar or some... What are some other gravel races that are more... Like, give me one. Anita. Can you think of one in August? Something like a Big Red or something like that maybe would uh, be in Crusher August. Crusher and the Tusher? Yeah, some of those would be in August, sure. Uh, 
Yeah, or even, I guess, not Leadville, but uh, what's the one right after Leadville? Steamboat. There you go. Oh, yeah. There you go. Uh, an August gravel race of some type. So you could certainly use it that way, but you could also go the opposite way. It could be, you know, all business coming off trainer season, you know, in, in May or June. So maybe you're doing like an, an unbound or some of these more uh, racy ones in, in early in the year. And then you're going to like a bike packing, you know, more low key part of the year. Uh, and I think that's a great way to do it too. Uh, and, you know, and I think really gives you motivation when you're thinking about it in those blocks. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd say I'm a, personally, I'm a huge fan of like the, the one big thing and then you get to do some fun stuff. I like the racing earlier in the season and then having the rest of the season to actually like enjoy some of the, the stuff. But I'm also a very weird racer. And, and you said fun. Uh, I, I don't know if you're weird as far as like hundred mile stuff. Uh, but I, I think it, it's like a dangerous thing. Right. But I think as long as you're, you're accumulating experience and that's any of this endurance, especially endurance. I think this is true of short stuff too. You know, you don't become a great cyclocross racer instantly. I think you have to learn all the gear, all the tactics, you know, all the skills. Uh, and that comes over time. Why is someone like Adam Meyerson, he's now 50, right? And why is he still a great cyclist? It's because he has more experience than anyone else who's racing. So he knows all the tricks in the books. He knows when to go hard. He knows, you know, all these things. Uh, you know, he designs the course in some cases, right? That does help, yes. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So I think that's experience piece, especially in the endurance. You have to figure out how your gut to keep your gut together. And then when it goes, you know, inevitably your gut goes apart, how to get it back, you know, uh, it, what, however you do that, right. Changing the food or whatever it is, the different packs to use, the different shoes to use the, you know, do you use poles? Do you, how much to drink? There's just so much stuff to learn and, and make mistakes on mm-hmm. and, and you can't just read a checklist and do it because you're going to be different than a lot of other people. So thinking about these events as gaining experience for what your future self, uh, might want. And that could be qualifying or just, you know, I really think, you know, when I'm 40, I want to be, you know, that's coming up for me. What am I going to do in my 40s? And and that might be, say it's bikepacking, you know, okay, I think I'm maybe I'm going to do bikepacking. So I have to start figuring some things out towards right. bikepacking. We're going to need to get a trailer for DW. Maybe, I guess. Who knows, right? <laughs> um, but yeah, so talking to people, we have uh, an interview with Chris Pansky from the bike. Uh, I'm banking on his podcast name and I apologize to Chris. We'll put it in the show notes about it. Uh, I think it's like Bike Packing Adventures. Uh, podcast uh, and he's writing uh, a summit actually in Ottawa coming up too so we'll put a link to that uh, that's uh, coming so up. many links in these show notes there's a lot Everyone of show notes really has to go to consumathlete.com to check them out well I mean that was really why we did this episode was to try and give ideas and then give you sort of like filters to put these through so we're working through those filters so we said uh, qualify we said can you did we get to the prepare can you prepare we did get to that I don't, I don't. Uh, side note just to get back to what you were saying with the gear and like the figuring out what works with your gut and stuff i'm i'm sitting here staring at you and my hydration pack is hanging next to you and this is a hydration pack that i absolutely love and they changed it this year so i got the new one thinking like oh my old one's getting kind of ratty i should get a new one they changed it i do not like the new one as much and this is like the running shoe problem right yeah exactly so i just kind of wanted to throw out the psa of like if you do find gear that you love that fits beautifully that like works exactly right get multiples it's like usually even, contact points i think so this is when people buy 10 seats because they, 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 yeah, it's like saddles working. are a really big one uh running shoes are a big one especially i've actually found and you know i love the terra tigers from nike trail however they changed them after like the 
five. The six is slightly different. They made the toe box a little smaller. They no longer fit me very well. Like, and I am so sad because I actually bought three pairs of the sixes because I found them on sale. So now I have three pairs of these shoes that like fit, but not as well. So I'm very upset about that. And yeah, my hydration pack, like I'm still running my old one. That's, you know, the zippers are starting to go, but it's the most comfortable pack that I have. And I'm going to run it into the ground. So just that reminder of like, if you do find stuff, it's apropos of nothing. But So, so I don't think we'll belabor the, can you prepare for the goal and do you want to? There is a post on that and we have definitely done an episode, but I think just to summarize, you know, can you prepare? So that's the, you know, are you going to Disneyland? Um, you know, do you have the bike? We've talked about a lot of those budget, filters. I think is actually a really big one. And I think, uh, you know, outside of the race fee, like a lot of these races are getting very expensive. You know, you Great could point. be paying... 500 bucks for the race but i think before you commit to it you do need to do a quick little like especially now in today's economy yada yada check in with your significant other or whoever you need to check in with that like not just the race fee the travel to the race the bike like flying with your bike the fee for that the rental car the hotel the airbnb whatever whatever it's going to take like know what that's going to look like roughly before you sign up because i've i've met like i've talked to a few people who've signed up for races and then they've had to either defer or cancel like they eat the cost of the entry because they couldn't afford the rest of it and i've seen with clients you know that turns out there is a budget restraint and then you know they've paid to go to a race in europe and it costs a lot to do stage races uh, or even just marathons as you say they take a lot and then they cheap out and they don't change their tires or, or put sealant in their tires like the sealant's all dry because they've been running the same tires the whole lead in and Ooh, then what yeah. happens they fly it on stage one and you know they have to like walk or you know nurse their way out and they damage a wheel and then they're buying a wheel in europe and you know paying someone to put a tire and sealant in it uh you know so this is just for the sake of you know the cost of sealant maybe maybe new tires well budgeting and yeah maybe that mechanic looking over your bike or even the mechanic packing your bike Mm -hmm. is actually a really like Mm -hmm. you know not super expensive way to make sure that when you get there your bike is not broken right and uh, when i go to stage races i try and uh, to me it's worth paying to have a mechanic a lot of them will have like i don't know it's i don't even want to say a cost for it. it it's not cheap but it's also not that expensive to have someone do your maintenance for you and make sure your bike's running especially if it avoids you know your derailleur going into the spokes ripping the spokes out of the wheel derailleur chain uh, you know and the whole race uh you know it's really an insurance to try and avoid that so yeah Uh, i think you just want to know that you can not just afford the race you can afford everything that goes into it so i think if there was a budget at the beginning of the season say this is a tough year uh, as you say, this might just be a great year to accumulate experience and, and support the local organizers that are popping up and doing these little events. And it might not be your exact event. For someone like you, it might be a couple of these 10Ks. We have a couple of like halves and trail marathons around us. And we're, we're fortunate. There's probably a few 50s and 100s nearby. Well, and certainly some FKTs that are worth going for that have like great, right, you know, right, they're already right. pretty, pretty fast. So I try and tell people not because I did anything amazing, but, you know, I was just coming out of the pandemic and supporting all clients, you know, I, I was a little burnt on just, you know, even talking about racing. And so last year I said, Molly, I'm only going to race within, I said races I could ride to, not that I was going to ride there, but, you know, say within an hour's driving distance. And I said, that's filter. So immediately it knocked hundreds of races off the options. Uh, and then, you know, I said, I do running. I said, I do riding and, and we live in a great spot for this. So there's still probably too many, but once we did the filter of when's Molly away, when's, 
you know, when am I doing a clinic? When am I, you know, visiting family, birthdays for mom, 170th, you know, all these things. Okay, well, now I only have five races to do. Um, and I think the only exception we made, we went to a stage race with my best friend because all of a sudden he decided he was going to race stage racing. So we went up and, and that was a great time. And we, Although I would genuinely consider that more of like in that like friendship, like fun that category. That was a bit of a versus... trip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So there you go. So can you prepare for the goal? And do you want to? So the thing is, do you have the equipment, the funds, the spousal support, the all of the things? And then do you want to? And I, I know in principle, FOMO, we all want to do everything. But if you asked me, do you want to get ready to do, you know, a, a 200 mile gravel race, uh, you know, and what that means. And so sometimes you have to talk to someone and find out what that means to get through it, even just to get through it, let alone compete, let alone win, let alone whatever the goal is. And you say, okay, well, this is going to require X number of hours to be comfortable in this race. It's going to require a few weekends where you're on this type of terrain. Okay, well, I live in a northern climate and the race is, let's say the race is the end of May. So you have May where you're hoping it's going to get warm enough. So you're not going to see much heat, right? It starts getting overwhelming thinking about that. And then if if that's overwhelming, then maybe you look at a different race uh, because of the distance. Now that's okay. That's just like a little scary that Peter's saying, you know, just to get you focused and and paying attention. You probably want to do gravel if you want to do that thing. But I do have a subset of clients that ask, you know, they sign up for these bucket list races because everyone's doing it and we all have a bucket list. But then it turns out they live in a city and they're never going to leave the city and they only want to ride their road bike, but they signed up for a mountain bike race that's very hilly at say altitude at at say altitude. say it's hot say, say it's say it's, say it's a long race say it's long say there's other people around and they only like riding alone on their road bike in circles in the city you know and i'm exaggerating say say even they only ride on their trainer because it's it's quote-unquote efficient and again i don't want to sound like i'm like targeting anyone or you know triggering anyone but this is something that we do and to me this is like it, it can happen i believe we, we what is that called? we contain multitudes but you'd probably choose a different goal to play to what you like doing because I think that's just going to be fulfilling. Everything you do every day is going to have a purpose. So maybe you do crits, maybe you do e-racing. And you know what? If it's Time about trials. if it's about friendship, that's why you're go- like why you want to do this big race. Honestly, your friends would probably prefer that you come to that big race and support them. Sure. Like if you can go be in the feed zone for them, that's so much better than you being there as a racer. Or even I had a few clients that this they went with spouses and you know, they, they just, they did, I don't even want to say just, I'm not saying just, I'm saying they did the 50, you know, the shorter, there's always a right. shorter route. Leadville, there's a 10K trail run or 10K run the day after the Leadville bike. Uh, I think there's a few around it, right? There's other ways to participate. Either a hundred miler, DW and I could have done a 5K, a 10K, a half, you know, <laughs> probably while you were running, we could have done these things if we wanted to, uh, you know, and, and sprinkled that in. Uh, a lot of these races have shorter categories and i think go and check it out but you know i'm less concerned about someone just you know not off the couch but just showing up and doing something that takes an hour or two you can do that anyone can do a cyclocross race like it's the best discipline for this uh you know you'll figure it out you, you know you'll you'll have to stop and un, you know jump over the barrier sort of awkwardly but you're going to survive you're not going to get hurt likely but if we're talking about traveling and paying a lot of money and getting to someplace you know at high altitude with a ton of people, a ton of money. It's just, there's a lot of, uh, there's probably a better way to steer the boat. 
uh, is what I'm saying. Uh, and maybe at a, we don't even have to say forever, but I think if at this point in your life you're riding your trainer all the time and not able to prepare for it and like use your 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 goal to enjoy the process, then I think pick something else. Pick crits, pick time trials, pick e-racing. Again, something that's a little more close to home and what you're doing. Um, you know, because what you're doing, that's what you did with, you, you were on a crit racing team, but you were running. Yeah, that's and then you not said, really, uh, did not really go so So then well. you feel guilty doing your runs. Felt guilty about everything. <laughs> right. And now you're like letting down the crits and, and it's, it's not that you didn't, there was lots of good things about the crits, but you know, it just wasn't what you were drawn to do day to day. And so I think we want to find that meshing up of, you know, enjoying the process and then the process, what if it were easy? What were, if it were effortless even to do the thing? And, and I find this with clients. That's why we like this consummate athlete idea is we like you to try lots of different things because you might find that at this point in your life, strength training, CrossFit, you know, our friend, Chris Mayhew was on that four coaches on aging great cyclist, great cycling coach. He found CrossFit and he found community. He found like a whole new level of confidence and he still bikes. I do think as long as you just add that at this point to the end of anything, right? Like I <laughs> like running at this point. Yeah. I like riding yeah, at for now. this point. Yeah. This year. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I think try that, it. That takes a lot of the pressure off of it and like doesn't quite, uh, you don't feel quite the same like identity loss or gain that you feel when you say like I am now a right? you can be that that's great mm-hmm. too but if you find it stressful to be like I'm not do like I'm not doing this thing this year I'm not doing this thing mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and you know an example we have and I'm still tempted by it so we can talk through it here now uh, as a family but oh boy. but you know we have in theory, we're going to have marathon nationals in September, early September. And it's in up one of our territories, the Yukon, I believe. I think the Yukon makes the most sense. You can't see me, but my eyebrow is raised and we might be getting into that marital fight thing. <laughs> I, that, I, uh... I've never been. The riding's supposed to be great. You know, Chris Stedden always told me, great ma- mountain biker from Canada. He always told me, you know, you want to support these events that are being put on for the country. If Snedden is there, we can go. Uh, I'm, I don't know if he's going to go anymore, but uh, that's what he always said. And he did a great job. He'd come all across to these different, the marathon nationals to try and make these things go. So I want to go visit it. I like the idea. But then when I think about preparing for it, you know, in August, a lot of times my motivation to train drops in August. As you say, we've been away all July. We will literally be at the farthest east in <laughs> Canada that we can possibly be at it, the end of July. Oh, well, I mean, we're not going to go point to point. I would fly up. Oh, okay. Yeah, we're having this family discussion now. You can go do whatever you want. So anyhow, you can feel the tension in the room. It's palpable. (laughs) Uh, Fighting with But for a lot of reasons, when I look at my spreadsheet calendar, I I know what August is going to look like. I know what my, historically, my mindset's been like. I can't see myself being in great form to do four and five hours of training to get ready for this to compete. And I don't want to go up to that and and not be in the game. Uh, You know, that's what I want to do. So... But also, there's also about six events, again, almost within, you know, riding distance (laughs) that I could do that are sort of like that, that could be fun. So it's one of those, we'll we'll have to talk about it more, (laughs) but you can see where this is a little more friction, like has more friction to it than the other trip we have that's lots of good friends. We're going someplace new, you know, this year for now, we're going to the east. Maybe next year we head to the territories. For sure. Yeah. And I mean, I think... Yeah, there's just so many, so many factors that you're going to need to put together a PowerPoint presentation <laughs> if you really want to do that. We'll put it that way. Uh, I'm going to need to see the budget. Do, for sure. I have one more thing. Do you have any other, uh, uh, you know, qualifying questions, considerations, ideas when we're, we're looking to choose and plan our, our race seasons because we're looking at the two years and beyond? 
I think there's there's just that like intangible quality that I'm looking for a little bit like the do I get that like slight like clutch in my stomach like especially thinking about the A race do I get like the little clutch in my stomach or like the little tingle when I think about hitting the registration button that's like excitement of like oh man this is something new and scary or maybe old like maybe you've done it before but it's like scary because you're going in wanting this thing out of mm. it like I think just the, the second time is always the hardest, isn't it? Yeah. yeah, that's a lot of people crumble. Uh, once you know what you've won it, and you have to go back and do, you know, you have to. You don't have to. That's the key. You don't have to. You'll notice that we're in Florida, not Arkansas, right now. Uh, what happened? Oh, because of your hundred miler. Yeah, Molly's. You know, this we're like we're not that we're not that far away. <laughs> we are seventeen hours away, and it is eighty it degrees. It starts and in sunny seventeen here. hours from now. Uh, uh, yeah, no, I, I like I like that idea. I think. That when you're thinking about that, finding the thing that's a little exciting, and it might take you a year to find the thing that exciting. And this is where we just focus on B races, building experience and capacity. Uh, I like that, and, and it can be small. You know, we have my home where I learned to mountain bike for the has a provincial race for the first time in a bunch of years, and I've never won it. I've been close a lot of times. There, I always say there was a year I was going to win it. You know, I was pushing so hard because I was so amped on it, and we had an ice storm and it got canceled. I was beside myself. Like it ruined the whole season. I was so beside myself. This is one of the times Peter has cried in his life. Not, I mean, I cry. I'm crying right now thinking about it. I was going to say, he's tearing up right now. There's just a ton of emotion. Like even just thinking about crossing the line. Oh my God, you actually look like you're about to cry. I am on the podcast crying. (laughs) And because it's like so meaningful. Uh, mm. But it's nothing, right? What did Adam Myerson say? It's just stupid bike racing. It's just but stupid it's bike racing, right? And so you can find meaning in in the smallest weekly race that like only three people come to. I think you know it might be just putting together that race. You felt really competent. Uh, you know, you finally beat your arch nemesis. Uh, you know, it, it could be a lot of different things. Like the meaning can come from anything right it, it, that's that's the the beauty as you say it's just stupid bike racing but it's everything yeah i mean it doesn't have to be winning you know western states or winning you know i mean and let's be honest like there's like, probably you know i don't know how many western states champions are on listening to the podcast right now but you know we all can find that mm-hmm. yeah so i think just the little thing that gives you the little little tingle that says you're going in the right direction is is a nice one mm-hmm mm-hmm uh, okay, so the last one I had then is, and, and I, we don't talk about this enough, and I think it's because it can come off as maybe offensive or defeatist. Again, I want to start with, we all contain multitudes, but we all do have strengths. Uh, and you might not have found your strength or developed your strengths enough to know if you're newer to a discipline, but you know, you know, there's certain race courses or types of races, types of conditions you know, mountain biking versus road, uh, running versus biking, whatever it is. Like, I think sometimes we, we, we beat our heads against like our weaknesses because it's maybe what everyone does, or, you know, that's where you started or that's where your parents took you or, or for whatever reason we, we, this is all we've ever done in our life, but we are better at distance. I have one client who keeps doing XCO, but loves training long. And I think would be a fantastic, and he proved it last year, you know, in, in eight hour races and a couple, you know, 50 miler types ones, super good. Like just one of these people who are wired up to ride all day and, and like at a pretty good clip and just to convince them that, that, you know, they, they would maybe say, oh, I'm, you know, you're, they're a diesel, but they're never, you know, on a start line, they're going to get blown off the start line. You, you know, it's just very hard to do an XCO or a cyclocross thing like that. Not that you can't, you should play to your week or, or 
you know, work on your weaknesses. But I think when we're picking a race, pick ones that you like, you know, that are your strengths. Usually we like our strengths. That's, you know, always the thing. What type of workouts do you like to do? So I think reflecting on that and, and putting those events on the calendar, you know, are probably smart, right? I know Mansfield, you know, where are we right now? We're in a place that's basically like this Mansfield thing I'm crying about. Uh, you know, we've gravitated, you know, purposefully or not towards something like that. You know, it's where I ride all the time. It's right beside where my parents are. Uh, that's where I learned to ride. So what am I good at riding? That sort of stuff. Uh, you know, I didn't necessarily choose, you know, something I love TSE as a stage race, but I would say that is a race where I learn more (laughs) than, you know, and I've done okay there. Uh, but it's, it's not like, I would say I'm, I do, I'm much, I'm too fit for how poorly I do, or I don't know how you phrase that there because it's so rocky and just, you know, you're seated all the time and it's so anyhow. So I think thinking about what type of things do I enjoy? Yes. But also playing to your strengths. And this, this ties in a little bit to where do you live? You know, usually like if you've lived in a flat land, your whole life, you're probably not much, you know, you're not as good at climbing because you haven't practiced it a lot. Again, you can contain multitudes if you move to the mountains, but I think you want to think about that. So I think that's playing to your strengths is definitely, you know, and if there's a race that you just bang your head against, you don't have to do it, right? Even if it's part of the series and you think the series, you know, overall is important, like just, you don't have to do every single event. Right. And back to my, like, even if all your friends are doing it, can you go and support them? And they'll probably be much happier that you've done that. They'll Sit be it much out. more grateful. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Cool. No, I love that. I think that's, that is an excellent point. And it, I mean, it could take years to figure out what you're good at. And there is like, I think there is like a, a bit of a Venn diagram, like what you're good at and what you enjoy. Cause I would say, you know, certainly there are things that I'm probably good at that I don't enjoy. Well, or, or so I, I use the example, I think I'm world-class, we call it crank the shield. Anyone who's done crank the shield here in Ontario knows what that means, but running beside my bicycle, not in a cyclocross way, I'm pretty good at dismounting and mounting. Uh, but I wouldn't say I'm like world class, but I'm pretty good. But if you have to run for like a long, long time through super variable, like up and down mountain bike stuff, that's just, you know, wrecked, you know, through bushes that are scraping you through rivers. I think I'm, I'm really, really good at this, like reading this. And so the problem is your bike gets destroyed and it costs you a lot of money. Uh, so, yeah, so we're not going to do a lot of those. <laughs> so, I mean, case in point, like this year at crank the shield, it, it was, there was a couple of those. Uh, and, and I love it. Like I definitely can feel myself like thriving if you will, but yeah, it's, <laughs> it's one of those, I don't know. Do I enjoy it? I, it's one, it's a very tough thing. So there's probably, you're right. There's probably people who, who don't enjoy certain races, but I, I think that it probably overlaps a fair bit. I mean, the, I, I have a good example of one that you don't like that you're good at. I would say we both actually were pretty good at Ironman and I think with like practice and like mm. more repetition on it we both could have been quite good at Ironman neither of us liked it enough to dedicate that kind of time and effort to it yeah that's fair like yeah. you had literally the second fastest bike time on the course like right. pros included and then like a perfectly respectable everything else that right. you could have trained right. but neither of us had the desire to go through that again at the moment well, it's sort of that road thing. And that's, yeah, I'm just straight roads don't. <laughs> I, I find my perceived exertion drops about five out of 10. Uh, you know, <laughs> if I was at a 10, it goes to a five. I don't think it's that much. But uh, yeah, yeah, that's a great, that's a great example, actually. So strength. So just thinking about, you know, am I 
pretty good at something and and could I do a bit more of that? And, and as you say, it might be going through the season. I always think, you know, in with the marketing and stuff, they always talk about, you know, figuring out what thing works or if you're selling a product or, you know, you have a business and, and someone, you know, oh, all of my money is coming from this one thing. Do more of that and stop investing in that other thing is, you know, sort of, you know, basic, you know, advice, cliche, I guess. Maybe similar, right? Stop investing in that and put more into this. Um, and then use those other ones again to shore up, you know, I always felt like cyclocross was just working on my start because it was always a limiter in, in XCO. So why did I do it for that? It was like a lot just for super aggressive starts. Um, mm-hmm. so there you go. And you might do similar with like a trail run where there's, you know, or sorry, a trail run, a, a 10 K or a 5 K where it's, you're doing it maybe for the training effect, the turnover, but also maybe there's a bit more like in a, in a group, right? Like going off of other people's paces, whereas, you know, in the hundred miler, a lot of times you're sort of <laughs> run your own and see where you end up. Mm-hmm, exactly. Okay. Cool. Well, we should wrap up there. We've talked through this uh, quite extensively. Uh, everyone definitely needs to head to consummateathlete.com to check the show notes as we are going to have a crap load of them. Uh, hopefully Peter wrote down all the things we need to I mention. six or seven, so okay. I don't know if that's everything. Perfect. <laughs> all right. Well, with that, we will say goodbye. Uh, thank you to everyone who's left ratings and reviews. Uh, if you could leave us ratings and reviews, if you have not done so, five-star review is fantastic we really really appreciate it and of course we love reading the reviews uh i find them hilarious and thank you so much for for that all right with that said have a great week and we'll see you next time thanks so much for tuning into the consummate athlete podcast if you want to hear more training racing and endurance sport advice make sure you subscribe to the podcast and leave us a rating and review you can also subscribe to our newsletter at consummateathlete.com for a weekly dose of inspiration and advice straight to your inbox